If you're talking sports, it's the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Are we cutting it up? Just a couple athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. And Mickey with the chest. Let's go. Let's go. Episode two, season four. We are back, baby. You know, consistency is key. We got a new motto every season. Let's talk about it. We got a lot to bring up. And you know, there is a big, big rivalry going on here on the podcast set. If you want to call it a rivalry, but we'll get into that. Of course, here we are, the Mickey Zizzy podcast brought to you by Pinnacle Supplementation, PinnacleSup.com. Give it a check. Like, check it out. Check it out. All of everything. Everything that I have had to this point has been absolutely wonderful. And it's not just because we're spokesperson of the pro- of the product, of the brand. I promise you, I actually love it myself. And Mickey, I know he does too. Have you got the chocolate yet? Have you got I haven't. I got to go through the cycle of the vanilla. Okay, okay, okay. I did start mixing it with the bananas and a little bit of different fruits and stuff. And like, bro, like definitely made it better. But I digress. Also, shout out G for three on YouTube. Grant Anderson, that OBL baller. The extraordinary, you know the nicknames. But I ain't got time for everything today because we got to catch up on the NBA playoffs. But first, I'm going to introduce the main man, Mickey Hines. What's going on, my guy? It's... Going per usual, you referenced some things about a rivalry, which we will get deep into, and there's so much to cover. I know it is consistency is key, which it will get more consistent. We just have to get some things situated on the other end. I am recording from a new studio. Not yet. It's not going to be the studio, but it's going to be constantly twisting and turning. And Yank, this whole episode would be a whole lot different based on last night's results yank Stephen a said it best you know i'm sad i'm depressed right now but i'm not giving up i'm not giving up i have this much faith left last night and then it grew and then it grew so you know what mr yankovich i'm gonna say it sees in seven let's Go Celtics humbly. I'm that dude. I'm one of the best players. Jason Tatum, take him to a game seven and see what happens. Score the most points ever at a game seven. That is Jason Tatum. Let these boys go cook like uh, Marcus Mark got the finals jersey on. Let's go. There's never been a 3-0 comeback ever in the history of the NBA. And guess what? There's always a time for first. Because just like you say here on this podcast, America loves a comeback story. We're <laughs> all the way back. The faith is back. The dudes are playing back in the TD Garden. Let's are right, back in Miami. No, TD Garden. Let's go get it. Season seven, baby. I'm not even going to say anything because we got to start with uh, the person of the week. I'm just going to we'll put the hat on too. Let's go. Person of the week, who you got? Also, more exciting news, why it was a little bit rocky this week and last <laughs> week of recording, is shout out to Matt Mathis. I'm pretty sure he was like the first of the week, like two episodes ago. But, uh, Yank, for the first time in 21 years, the Williamsburg Raiders are state champions. This past uh, weekend, the Raiders did win a state championship field. Ring me, call me Joe Burrow. We got the hat. Super excited, but shout out him for breaking it. Yank. In those 21 years, 13 of them, they had a runner-up. So they've been close, and this is in all sports, 13 runner-ups. And they finally broke the streak is what they're calling it. 
got the state title. Super excited, dude. We were all freaking out. I'm over here nervous, sitting down, hands on head. It felt like I was sitting at home watching a sporting event. We needed one team not to get second or first, and then we tie for a title. I don't care. Banners uh, fly forever. They hang forever, and that trophy is still sitting in Williamsburg Junior Senior High School. So, with all that being said, the state title comes to Williamsburg in track and field. As many say, give me that ring. Let's go. Dude, I mean, first off, the trophy, man. I mean, it was impressive. It's impressive. That thing's, yeah. that thing's solid. Um, to be able to hoist that, to be able to be a part of that, I could only imagine. Congratulations to you. Congratulations to all the guys at, uh, on the on the track running on, in the field doing the events. Um, absolutely amazing effort from everybody, I'm sure. Um, just awesome to see you guys go out and get it done, man. I mean, it's like year one? Year one? <laughs> I mean – Another employee said this, 100% of the teams I've coached at the school I teach at, we've won state titles. I mean, we're just talking facts right now. <laughs> but I'm no, in all saying, reality, just, I mean, in all reality, are... those dudes went out and performed. It was just awesome to watch and get unprepared for it. And they just went and the lights were on and they went and performed. I mean, when you have a guy who can get second in the shot put and then go win the high jump, that's a unicorn that's never before what? seen. Exactly. That's how state titles are won, I guess, so. Super excited for the entire team for performing. They went and did the job, and it was just so exciting to watch it all happen. Yeah, um, I don't think there's anything more that we could say that would even be enough for that, honestly. So congratulations <laughs> to all you guys. Put a ring on it. I love it. Um, for me, on my side, it was it was honestly just it was a lot more chill and laid back and relaxed. Um, uh, Marissa Smith is going to be the person of the week this week because uh, she was down visiting, had a good time for the past week, got to hang out with the family, uh, go out, uh, do some, I mean, had some fun, did some golf tournaments. You know, I mean, it's golf season. We all know about all that. Uh, so Zizzy Brace 90, that should be a new trend. I just want to say it? Zizzy Broke 90. Zizzy Broke 90. So. We're going to keep going at that, but no, uh, to have her company the whole uh, last week was awesome. Uh, shout her out, see if she's uh, listening to in on the episode this time. We'll see. We'll, we'll have her on the quiz. Maybe a new future. Whoa. Yeah, I know. Hey, I'm planning. I'm planning, you know. Um, Scouting out. Uh, awesome. Shout out to her. Um, awesome. All weekends are good, but like I said, we do have a lot to cover. We're going to stick with just the NBA today because – we are really going to dive deep into the Eastern and the Western Conference Finals. And, Yank, let's rip it off like a Band-Aid. Let's talk the biggest rivalry in podcasts, your Miami Heat versus my Boston Celtics. Four seasons, three of them we've seen this conference finals in the Eastern Conference. That's immaculate. I mean, come I mean, on. Sign us. Like, let's get it going. But I would you, love to say that it has just happened because we started the podcast. Like we brought the energy and have spoken into existence. That's a big thing. That's a big thing here. Absolutely. Um, but no, for it to actually happen, it proves once again, like I would say that the bubble is not a fluke. It also does prove in a way that our teams have just, I mean, it, like culture of both organizations. I mean, Boston, from obviously the start of the NBA to now is one of the most winning, I think, tied for the most championships in NBA history, correct? So, I mean, they have that. Um, and then for the Heat to have now been, I mean, with one coach, Eric Spolcher has now been there for 15 seasons. This, If he gets one more win, it will be his fifth finals appearance. I mean, it's just 
astounding to think that you look at the roster, right? I mean, there's nobody that was given the heat a chance or anything like that. So for us to be in this position, I'm excited. Um, but yeah, what, what a rivalry. Uh, however, we can talk about how these first four games have unfolded. Now, before we start talking about those four games, one thing I want to say, <laughs> I saw a statistic that said 3% chance to win 97 for Boston Celtics. And I said, that's blasphemous. I've seen this Miami Heat team beat us. I've seen us go to seven against them, right? I'm sweating my boots. This Miami Heat team is legit. Yes, they did lose the playing game. Yes, they are the eighth seed. This is the best darn eighth seed since we've seen in forever, right? We talked about two good seven seeds that uh, Brooklyn Nets a year ago and then the Los Angeles Lakers this year. But like, this is the best eighth seed we've ever seen. Jimmy Buckets, playoff Jimmy is a real thing. Everyone is scared. And once again, I'm not going to talk about four games. Like, he is Hemi, right? And the dudes are playing out of the mind, and it's because of Eric Spolstra. Eric Spolstra, after the season, no, regardless, let's say they lose in the Western Conference Finals, right? They blow this 3-0 lead. It still don't matter. He is a top five, I'll say top five, coach of all time. Like, he is oh, the real deal. His, right. his play calling, like, the why he calls timeouts. We're going to get into this whole series because I have some beef with Joe, uh, Joe Mazzula, all right? But, like, overall, as a coach, they believe in him. He gets the absolute most potential out of these players. I mean, look at Gabe Vincent. Look at Struess. These guys wouldn't play anywhere. You know what I'm saying? And they're balling out, getting career highs, all-time highs. Which, all that being said, in Heat culture, right, they're the most gritty, right, people. Right, the Miami Hustlers is what I call them on the show because I know what they can do. They're legit the only team. I'm more scared of the Miami Heat than my Milwaukee Bucks. Not just because y'all beat them, but like just straight up one-on-one. Like I know what Miami's going to bring, and it's going to be everything. Now, that's my like kudos to the Miami Heat. That's why I'm so afraid. Like I, I call a spade a spade on this podcast. Yeah, I mean, I know it's a rivalry, but we could go back and forth on giving each other's teams props. I mean, with Boston, I had said, even coming into the series, like on paper, you guys are are a better roster. You guys are more talented. You guys are a fantastic team. There's a reason why you were a top two seed while we were struggling to find our rhythm until we did at the end of the season. I mean, there's, there's nothing really to say you guys have size. You guys can play defense. You guys lock up when you actually had the focus and mentality to do so we see nights like the other um like last night where you guys can shoot i I mean it's it's all there it's just a matter of putting it together and i mean whether or not you guys still want to blame age or anything like that it's that regardless your guys's team is beyond talented and there's there's was definite reason for us to worry coming in uh to these conference finals regardless of how well jimmy's playing um bam has shown up obviously in this series but you worry about him kind of coming into it you don't know how he's going to do against robert williams uh i mean talent across the board man boston celtics are a real deal the he obviously had the culture the coaching to have been to have been in this position um i mean what can you what more can you really say for i mean miami he's the only team that would be okay with a dude on the bench getting a technical this earlier in this playoffs, Udonis Haslam got a technical. So he was talking yeah. to talking to people like, I love that. Like as a coach, I'm like, I'll pull you back. Like dumb foul by you. But like, hey, that's us. That's our culture. Like all dudes are going to yeah, back. I mean, together. think about it. It's not just nowadays. I mean, obviously we have the seven undrafted players that are on our roster now. But before that, you think back to the days, even when we had uh, before the Heatles, during the Heatles, you have the Mike Millers, you have. Um, Ray Allen stepping up and absolutely making legs. 
You've got Udonis Haslam back in his prime. Mario They they get the most out of it. Riley, man. I mean, I know we talk about Spolster, but Spolster is inherently an extension of Pat Riley. And when I heard the stat that Pat Riley has been a part of just under 25% of the overall finals ever, ever, <laughs> like that have ever happened. He has been there for 25% of them as a player or a coach. That is insane. Or, or owner. Uh, I'm just saying like, but that is absolutely insane to think about. Um, Shout out to him. It's the culture. It, it really is. Now, you brought up some of the things about Boston, which I will uh, chime in on. They are so inconsistent. And I hate because like a lot of other people are saying it as well, but they are. I mean, you go out and score 50, and Jason Tatum really can't do that. And sometimes his shot is off. Jalen Brown is battling injury. So, like, he'll shoot really well. And then another night, like last night, he's not shooting well. Marcus Smart is one of the spotty shooters. Like, with the ball in his hand is great. He can have the assist, but he is a very, like, he has the green light, which he should. All right. You have Malcolm Brodkin, who sometimes scores a lot, sometimes doesn't. The sixth man of the year this year. So all around this team has its ups and downs, ups and downs. But when they are the up, they are one of the best teams in the NBA. I just got to see more of the ups. You know what I'm saying? And they're one of the most defensively sound teams. I think it was the third ranked defense in the NBA coming into the playoffs. That didn't show in the first three games. And now we can actually digest the past four games that has happened, Yank. But when you have Gabe Vincent scoring a career high of 29 points, like you don't win, you don't you don't win when those players score that much. You know what I'm saying? It's like if Marcus Smart went up and put up 30. Like it's not gonna happen because the ball, how the Celtics win is Jalen Brown or Jason Tatum scoring the basketball. But for the Heat, it's anybody. It's Jimmy's gonna get his, and then who wants to be Robin? And that's the scary thing is this defense really has to lock up everybody because they all can shoot. So I know Max Struess can shoot. I know Duncan can actually he really can't shoot, but he's playing dang. statistically, he's statistically he can shoot. You know what I'm saying? So Boston is locking on that defense because they are get that rebound, let's go. They are a get going, get going team. That's with a lot of those turnovers. Yank. Even last night, it was seven turnovers in the first half. They're legit hitting the ball off their foot. It looked the glimpse of last year in the finals against the Warriors. I'm like, this cannot have you happening again. And then they slowed everything down, started hitting their shots. If they shoot 40% from three, Celtics undefeated the rest of the playoffs. I mean, I could give you – and that's the thing. It's just like it hasn't been consistent. And people are questioning, like, is that is that a coaching issue? Do we talk – like, we can bring in the Missoula conversation at some point, I'm sure. But for me, it's also you got to look at, like, coming into last night, it's not necessarily – all on the Celtics. It's part of what Miami Heat have been able to do. We were shooting 48% from the three-point line. Like, regardless if you're open or not, that's an incredible clip to be shooting three points, uh, uh, three-point shots at, especially in comparison to what we did in the regular season. We were ranked 26 in three-point field goal percentage coming into the playoffs. So for us to flip that switch, become the best shooting team in the playoffs, it's obviously been everything. And then Obviously, you get the boot, the boost down the stretch from Jimmy Butler, who's just been absolutely electric. I mean, up there, I'd say with Jason Tatum, with his performances in the game sevens and the elimination games, uh, Devin Booker, Jokic, all of them. But he's up there for conversation, the best player in the playoffs. I mean, he is. I'm looking at some of the stats, you know, his key highlights like Jimmy Butler scored 35 in game one. Like, and that was a 
down the stretch, Boston is so good at losing in the fourth quarter, and it's because of the coaching. And I'll talk about that after I'm done digesting each game and the highlights, right? Then they lost by six in game two, right? Bam had 17 rebounds. You can't, you have Robert Williams, who's supposed to be a rebounding dude. Same with Al yeah. Horford. I mean, he's not necessarily known as a rebounder on the squad, but you can't let him go get 17. Like, any player that gets 17 boards, your team's most likely to win. And then they get blown out. That's the Gabe Vincent game. 29, and this everyone else come along with the party. I mean, that's when you're down bad, and now the back. That man ball. just secured so much money. Oh, I'm so happy for him. And then backs against the wall. Jay Tatum has the big double double, almost triple double, thirty three and eleven. Like he went and did him. Yeah. Now let's talk about some of those games. That game one and two that was actually close. It's all on Joe Missoula. I'm calling Coach Missoula out. Yank, do you get a pocket timeout after the game? After, like a, a game is over. No, you do not. So we use them. It You do it in 2K. 2K actually automatically does it for you. When a team gets hot, they'll call a timeout for you when you're playing my player. All right? Missoula, use a timeout, right? You're up by five with three minutes left or whatever it may be, and then they take the lead with two minutes left. Like You call a timeout. Like, hey, slow everything up. Let's set up a play. Yank, there's a chance. I think it was in game one, or it might have been the series before. They get the rebound. They're down by one. I think it was in the Sixer series. Call a timeout. Get a cross. Wait till 10 seconds. Call a timeout. Get a dr- great drawn play up, right? Even if it is three seconds, grab that rebound, pass it in, get a cross, timeout, right? Two to three seconds, you can draw up a play. Eric Spolster is one of the best at doing it. He'll call up a play, divvy it up, and bing, bang, bong. Here we go. Now, Missoula, use your timeouts. That's one of the things I hate. It's like, dude, Miami's just went on a 14-0 run. Why are we not calling a timeout? What's going on? You know what happened in the game last night? Celtics went on a 13-0 run. What Eric Spolster do? Timeout. They reduced that gap a little bit. We went on a big run. Timeout again. That thing alone, and when I just look at him coaching, it's just not a lot there. Now I'm calling him out. Missoula, go prove me wrong, right? Prove me wrong here on the podcast. I mean, I don't know. It's hard to tell um, just because, I mean, you guys did come back and end up as a number two seed. You did come back. We have one um, of the best on-paper rosters, though. Yeah, I, I mean, last that's year, very true. That's very true. But to me, it's the end of the game. Like, if it was one thing when it was the regular season, but now we're talking the end of the game, pocket timeouts, clutch situations, just yeah. letting a, letting them play in rhythm. I mean, in a way, I understand that. But this is the playoffs. You practice and practice and practice situations and things like that. I mean, we do it across other sports. Why won't why, – I'm sure they do it in basketball. See. Um, this is where I like to bring up where you were talking about Spolstra being in your mind, like a top five, probably number five, top three three NBA coach. I would love to make the argument or if not have the take that he is the best coach in the NBA. I mean, as at currently, you got to think about. Yeah. Cutting out a little bit, but yeah. Really hard to teach great talent because they already think that they have it all, whatever else they're not necessarily like they do their own thing. There's moments in games where superstars like take the ball, take over when he was coaching the big three, obviously back in the day, there was definitely moments where he's looking at LeBron D Wade, Chris, take over, do do what you got to do. He's now coached and won championships with the talent. And now the the undrafted the he's brought he, he hasn't won the championship necessarily but he's gone to the finals he's still a winning coach 
when it comes to having this. But to me, that is so impressive to have control, to not have your voice get stale, to to be able to maintain. Like, it's Popovich-like, but he's just had more success recently. That's where I like to put him in. I'm not saying, like, overall, but currently, I like to say he might be the best coach in the NBA. I mean, I, that's where I think this difference is in this series, honestly. The in-game adjust adjustments so far have been better. I'm trying to figure out a spot where that take is not true. But in all reality, Mr. Zizzy, when was the last time Greg Popovich was relevant? 2014? I mean, I mean they really have no, nothing. Andy Ford. Popovich is the top three coach of all time in the NBA. Because, yeah. But, like, now, in today's NBA, this year, right, you talk about Coach Brown with the Kings, right? Not sustained like Spolstra has. Spolstra has taken two years ago, three years ago, took the heat to the finals. This on paper does not look <laughs> like this jaw-dropping team that's going to go win the East. <laughs> Sorry, you are cutting out a little bit, so I hopefully it is pairing up on, like, the whole broadcast side for everyone else. Um, but I have to go with you. Like, to take this roster to that spot, to make sure your star players shine, right? There's been times where we've seen it where star players can't go win games. Look at Steve Nash. I love Steve Nash. Couldn't get Kyrie and KD to the championship, right? Came up game short, this, that, right? Steve Kerr has all the talent in the world. Don't get me wrong. Steve Kerr is a great coach. But he had potentially some of the best rosters of all time. Spolstra's done it with the big three and now without. I mean, he's given he's given you an opportunity to kind of look across the board, uh, like like just see his entire coaching array, his coaching style. It hasn't necessarily changed, but it never falls on deaf ears. I love that. Um, in comparison, though, when you bring up the Popovich stuff, he does get Victor Wembanyama, so we can't we'll, we'll... and I'm relevant again. We'll see about that. They also have to put people around Victor. Is he going to be this one guy that takes it all? I mean, we could touch up on the NBA draft a little bit about Victor, about the Spurs. Well, the draft lottery, I should say. We can talk about that in just a little bit. But it's just crazy because the Celtics lost the game because they got out coached. You looked across the you know the court, you know across to it, and there is Joe Mazzula, Eric Spolster, right? Give Joe Mazzula a chance. I'm not saying fire him after this year. I'm not saying yeah, he's on No, the I think that would be a huge mistake. And that's just a bad look, especially after how the old email you like, yeah, you know, like I think after that whole situation, I think that that would just be a bad look to get rid of Mazuba. Exactly. You keep him, you let him write it out, go get another two seed for next he's year. He's still like, like the youngest coach in the NBA, ain't he? Yes, I think one of the youngest, yeah. But end all be all, like you just can't get out coach, but at the same time, you got to go make your shots and yank. Season seven, let's ride. I, I have full faith back. You have that much confidence? Of... That doesn't know what the series is. Three I am putting it to him. Never been happened before. So, Mr. 0 and 150. I'm just, that is a, that is a big stat. 0 and 150. You're right. 1 and 150 sounds a whole lot better. All right, all right. Uh, let's move on to the Western Conference Finals that did finish two nights ago. Get out the brooms because LeBron got swept. Now, I cannot wait to talk about this because 
there are some people once again that said LeBron didn't have the team, and that is blasphemous. They've been the best team since the All Star break, since they got it. I got beef with all those people, but let's talk about the legit number one team in the NBA, the Denver Nuggets. They are scary, Yank. I don't care if my seas wins or your Heat win. I am scared of the Nuggets because Jokic playing out of his mind, triple double machine. He's making Russell Westbrook's triple doubles not look legitimate, right? You have Jamal Murray who, oh, he's got his dog in him. Right, you know that saying, like got the dog, you know, Jamal Murray's got it. And then the role players, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon. Um, the list just goes on for the role players. KCP, like Bruce Brown, like those guys can go have spurts, and they've done it before. They are a scary, legitimate team, and this is the year for them to win the title. And it's scary because my C's and your heat are still in it. I mean, I, I can say whoever does come out of the Eastern Conference is a tough, tough road. And they get all this rest because obviously the finals doesn't start till next Thursday regardless. That, I mean, they're sitting, they're fine. They are foaming at the mouth. I mean, you never necessarily like when you're the fan of another team when the opposing team is coming out and saying, like, after every win, like, oh, okay, this many more wins to a championship. It's not, oh, okay, we just won the – Western Conference. No, it's four more. Four more times. All right. Gotta love the mentality of the Denver Nuggets. I think Nikola Jokic is trying to prove a point because he, whether he says it or not, whether any of these superstars <laughs> say it or not, you hear the noise, especially in this day and age. Everybody got a phone and it pops up regardless if you want it to. Um, I just, I mean, did I, did I expect the Lakers to get swept? No. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I don't think anybody could really deny that the Denver Nuggets are the better team in this situation. Now, to sit there and say, I don't know who's telling you that the Lakers didn't have a team since the All-Star break. The Lakers have had a team since the All-Star break. Now, whether or not that whole team showed up in this series, I mean, that's another give or take. But that's not, I mean, that's the game of basketball. It's a make or miss league. People got to make shots. Um, it's... It's a lot to put on a 38-year-old shoulders, in my opinion. Here we go again. All right. First off, the Denver Nuggets outplayed them on all aspects of the basketball games, and all of them, right? Jamal Murray had two 30-plus uh, point games. Oh, it's way more about the having all that. Like, they're going off, and they're getting the rebounds. They're playing smart. I mean, that last play, I heard no beef about that call, which was awesome. You know, I looked at it. I think it was Jamal Murray hit all All the coming up, hits out on him, like, that was a great call because in some moments, some people are going to be like, I actually want to say, I think like Darvin Ham didn't say, I don't know if he was talking about the last play of the game, but he like had like a kind of little like comment at the after the game about fouls being called or whatever. And that did it and annoyed me in the moment because that that was a pure, it was a <laughs> yeah. block. It was a block. Um, nobody said any, nobody should be saying anything about that. The Denver Nuggets won all four games. I mean, there's nothing cheap that they did about it. This, honestly, I thought it was a fantastic series. It just came down, when it came down to the clutch moments and the closing shots, the Nuggets made every one of them. They made every right play. And they were they were just absolutely impressive. I mean, even from game one, Nicola comes out and starts the series with an actually historic performance. Um, Jamal Murray comes out with a 23 or 27, I want to say 23-point fourth quarter in game two. Yep. Game three, game three comes out with a thirty-one point first half. I mean, I mean, in the fourth, in game four, the best thing that the Lakers had going for him was LeBron scoring thirty in the first half, trying to mirror Murray, 
and then they get blown out in the second. I mean, it is what it is. The Nuggets are the better team. I don't think anybody else should really argue anything other than that. They are legit the real deal. All right. They are fantastic and it is scary. It's straight up scary. Now, let's usually talk- when they make it to the finals, they're even better than next year, too. So I'm just and we've been talking about the Nuggets. They have they have that playoff pedigree. They have been there before. You know what I'm saying? They've they've been there and lost and lost. And now here it is. We've been talking about them. We haven't given them an ounce of thought that they would make it to this point because we're like, oh, they're going to lose again. Didn't I know? I know I had a take where I was sitting there like, we're not even worried about the Nuggets in the playoffs. We're not even worried about them. They're going to no. lose first or second round. You regardless. too. Me too. Like, all right, they'll get out first round. Okay, we'll maybe give them second round. And here they are proving all the doubters wrong. Now, Yank, let's talk about LeBron, right? Yeah, he went out and played. And I'm not – yeah, here we go because I already know. It's not – I only say the whole on him thing because it's not on this game. Yeah. No, I mean, not yet. No. Again, people got to show up every single game. And for the Nuggets, they did that. For the Lakers, they did. And yes, LeBron is your best player. Yes, he has to go off. He really can't be taking games off like the Boston Celtics are. Now you see where we are at. Now, the people who say this roster is not built well, that like he took this team to the Western Conference Finals, is bogus. Anthony Davis is a top 75 player of all time. Remember that. And the all 75 team, I actually heard that today. I'm like, that is first off blasphemous. I think Dwight Howard, who got let, who got snubbed from this team, should be on that way above Anthony Davis. But that's a whole other debate for a whole other day. You have uh, those people on that team, like um, Austin Reeves. People think Austin Reeves is like Jeremy Lin. First off, Blasphemous. I think Austin Reeves has solidified his name. Yo, Austin Reeves. Exactly. He's going to be a six-man or a starter on majority of the N- oh, all the NBA teams. So I think he's going to stay and stick around. He's been putting up points. Rui Hachimura was a top-10 pick back in the day. And for him, he's shooting the lights out. He's playing well. He's a great defender. You have Vanderbilt, who's your defensively sound player, going to guard the best player on the court, right? So all these people are saying that like they have a legit roster. Yeah, they don't have the all-pro, all-star team. Like, you know, Boston has two players on their team. You could say Jamal Murray and Jokic. You know, they still have Anthony Davis and LeBron James. And you lose. And at the end of the day, yeah, they didn't shoot lights out. You didn't see a 220 pieces from Reeves and Rui Hachimura, right? Yes, LeBron had a great game. What, 20 points in the first half? I'll say what, like, for – Really, what it came down to is that, like, there's 15, 16 points per game from D'Angelo Russell in the first couple series. Then that drops to like six points in the conference finals. Had lost his confidence, lost his shot. And it's not like I don't think that D'Angelo Russell isn't a scorer or a talent, but he Austin Reeves is better than D'Angelo. Disappointed. Yeah. Austin Reeves is better than D'Angelo Russell. Statistically, uh, looking on the court, yeah, you said lack of confidence. I totally agree with that. And he just hasn't shown. He hasn't shown anything since he was a young star for LA. Yeah, he came back. It was the reunion, all back, all is good. And then we continue to see it. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, I'm taking Austin Reeves over D'Angelo Russell. And I told yeah, you, that. I, mean, but, like, I mean, to go with your point, you can't say that they don't have the talent. I mean, they, they have defenders, they have size. They can spread the floor. They have much better shooting than they did at the trade deadline. I mean, they have one of the best records, if not the best record from the All-Star break on. Um, 
And part of that was without LeBron playing. Like, people got to realize that it's not just LeBron that showed back up and all of a sudden they're carrying him. Now, LeBron had his moments throughout the playoffs, obviously, but so did AD. So did Austin Reed. So, did, I mean, this team was definitely well balanced. You could see the difference in LeBron's play nowadays down the line. He's deferred. He's played much more off the ball. In that, he's never been able to do that, really, on other teams. Now, should he have done it as much in this conference finals? Probably not. He probably needed to take rain back, uh, control the reins and just be that guy in the post. And regardless, I mean, we aren't him. We don't know what he's feeling. We don't know how his body aches at 38. My body's killing me at 27. All right. Like, I don't know what is going on out here. So it's, I mean, at the end of the day, there's nothing much more to say about the Lakers as there is about how good the Nuggets are. And I think that when everyone's talking about the media not giving the Denver Nuggets credit, it is about time we give them their due. Give the Nuggets the flowers because they are in the finals. I mean, straight up, and they're the most scary team because we see But the heat are coming. Heat And when they blew this 3-0 lead is what I'm saying. Oh, my uh, God. For the Lakers, there's been talk, oh, is LeBron dunks? He doesn't know what's next. He's coming oh. back. Relax. He wants to play with oh, Bronny. Man. He'll do some load management next year a little bit more than usual. Like, he's going to go for it. Y'all, relax. It's not going to happen. Right? Yeah, well, LeBron's just great at controlling the narrative, let's be honest. Um, he, He's got a he, – he's keeping the storyline alive, and I mean – who knows? I, I mean, if they run it back, I think they would still have some cast space to go get probably a better point guard or anything. I'm not saying like like uh, I, I hear the Van Fleet, uh, the Van Vliet um, yep. conversation comes up. I think that would be incredible if they could pull that off. Um, if they go the full crazy blow up and go get Kyrie, I mean, that's just. That's Kyrie, no, I, I guarantee that. I don't, right? it doesn't I, don't I don't think that, yeah, I mean, I just feel like their defense has been way too important. Um, I think they're going to be healthier. They got to, um, and be, I mean, it would help if you're not a seven seed coming into the playoffs. You got to have it the whole season. Not once have the Lakers really had contingency or, contu- or uh, like, you know, like unity as a group from one season to the next. Um, it might be good for them to try and do that for once. It is, it is. And now, Yank, we talked about the conference finals. We still got to wait to see what the, uh, the Seas and the Heat do in game five. But let's do talk about that draft lottery. And let's just talk about Victor Wimbanyama. That's every other podcast in sports. And we can talk about some of the other draft pos- prospects coming up. Let's talk about the NBA lottery. Now, I am spurring this on to the moment, no pun intended, but let's talk about the man. I mean, everyone already knows he had his own watching party. Victor Wimbanyama, uh, Wimby, people are talking. Yank, is he is he the next dude? Is he the next, the GOAT, the next, the chosen one? I mean, I'll say the same thing I said with Chet Holmgren. I will forever worry a little bit about the, the, the you know, having a little – have a little extra on the meat on the bone when it comes to the NBA play. Cause when you're playing against some of these bigs, they are strong as hell, but nobody can deny seven four with a shot and move similar comparison. I mean, people are talking about Kevin Durant, like that's unheard of. Um, 
there's some, I mean, there's some of the most respected names in the analyst community saying that this is the greatest prospect in NBA history, let alone possibly all of team sports. Um, at some point, you kind of feed into the hype a little bit. So, yeah, I think this guy is going to be that good when you got other all-star NBA players saying, like, you got to watch out for this kid before he has even gotten here. I mean, at some point, you got to put respect on the kid's name. I think he is going to be that good. Now, in the NBA, you can't win by yourself anymore. I think that's been proven. Um, so those, the Spurs will still have some work to do, but they're, they're, they're an interesting place to be now that he's there. Yes, it's going to be a place where people want to go. They have Greg, which I don't know how many years he does have, and it is going to be. You got one more in him, at least. Yank, the thing is, we've been hearing a lot about all these prospects. Chet, he's a power forward center. He's not too beefy. Uh, KD, he's going to consider him a small forward, so that's why he's not getting too many injuries. I know he's had a couple injuries, but he's not in there in the post getting bodied by the bigger dudes in the league. That's what Victor has to do. He has to play a small forward or even a shooting guard. Yes, I know, a seven foot four shooting guard. Okay, don't get caught in the paint. Go guard their number two. He's quick enough. He's lengthy enough. He could get beat. Still jump from the free throw line and block the dude, right? Um, he's an absolute, like, just creature um, that you would make in 2K. And it's awesome to watch. Like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to hype he on that. He literally looks like your Brad Pace build. That's what I'm saying. Even though, but it might be bigger. Um but the thing is, he can shoot, he can dribble. All those things is what make him electric. But when is the last time, Yank, one of these future stars was going to come into the league and really, really make some noise? Zion? Been hurt all this time. I don't want to hear any Zion talk. I knew that really wouldn't work for some reason. There's a spot in my mind. Lamella? Yeah. Jaw had a good buzz. Jaw had a good buzz. Trey Young had some good buzz. But what has he done? He hasn't done much. What, second round? I mean, he's an all-star. He, okay, he's an all-star, but, like, a player to really take them. We haven't seen that yet. I mean, could you say Jason Tatum? No, I think he went third overall. Anyway. If he wins a title, I would say, though. Who? JT? Oh, okay, so, yeah, but then you're going back, well, I think that was, like, 2017. So, that was yeah, the same. Still think about it. He's gone to, what, five Eastern Conference Finals already? Like Okay, so we'll go back to them, right? But in the latest draft, you know, like – Paulo Banchacaro, whatever, for Orlando. Not really heard much about Oh, him. he's – yeah, but that's just a product of the team because he had a fantastic season. I mean, that's my thing. And then you have, uh, you know, LaMelo. Like, LaMelo's my dude. Now, we're going to talk about the Hornets and where they're at and who I think they should draft, right, because they're not going to get Wimby. But I think it's time. It is due for the NBA for this top prospect that's going to shock the league. It's finally going to happen. I, I think we're due is what I'm saying. The reason I brought that up is because I think we're due. And I think Wimby's going to be legit. He's going to be fun to watch. I go get a jersey just because I might I have mean, to. In a way, it. I mean, in a way, don't you kind of get the feeling like, right, Um, you think about with MJ, right? MJ retires as Kobe comes, Kobe and LeBron come into the league, basically. You get them. Now you got LeBron retiring as Wim- Wimby's coming into the league. I mean, it does kind of give you a feeling like it's somebody else's turn. I don't know. Okay, so obviously we know that's where we're going to go. We talked a little bit about a Wimby talk. So now I was really hoping that the Hornets would get it because I am a big baller brand fan. You know that uh, Lonzo might never play again. He has all these knee injuries. It's absolutely bonkers. Jello's played a few G League games, so it's all really up to LaMelo, and he fractured his ankle. So big baller brand is down bad. So let's see what the Hornets can do because that's the only reason why I kind of like the Hornets. Can you hear me? 
lost you for a second. Yep, I'm back. Back. Um, Brandon Miller, like I was saying, sorry, technical difficulties, y'all. Um, from yeah. Alabama, like that's still a solid pick, but I don't like it. I really like Scoot Henderson. He's been playing. Uh, thank you. That is the next best name on that list. I mean, you're looking at a, a complete dude that looks like he can go body he's people. Ready. Like, he is NBA ready. He is physically ready for the league. Now, he's not a great three-point shooter, which if you really need that as the Hornets, right, you go get him. He's going to be a great defender. He's going to be a great athlete. I think he – I know it'll He'll never develop happen. his three-point shot a little bit better, but he is a talent. He is, and I really think he is the next big name on it, just from his physical build alone and the overall athlete. Like, if he goes, he's not going to make too much noise at Charlotte, right? He, you got to be a scorer. But, like, if he gets to a team where they already have two scores, like, and he's the third guy, that's going to be dangerous. You know what I'm saying? Is that going to happen with the Hornets, the Trailblazers? What a name. Can you just appreciate a great name every now and then? Like, Scoot? Scoot? You should get uh scooters, the uh coffee shop. Do you have scooters down there? Yes. Okay, you do. I didn't know if that yes. was statewide. Um, you should get a nil deal. Um, but that is just like the big razor everything. Uh, that's the big name I think that people should look. That's what I think the Hornets should get. Brandon Miller won't be too bad. I mean, he is a scorer with uh. Uh, Brandon Miller, you'd be dumb to think, isn't a fantastic talent just based off of what he did in one year under all the stress, under all the controversy and scrutiny at Alabama. I mean, yeah, they faltered in the tournament, but, I mean, the man, the, the kid did wonderful things. And then, you know, there's other things about the draft. You have the Oklahoma City Thunder who, if you have, like, the biggest franchise tag on anyone, like, this is the team, because I think they still have five first-round draft picks until, like, 2020 like five or 2026 so like the next three drafts they have five first round draft picks and like go trade to get someone you know what i'm saying like or shoot trade up to go get scoot then you have chet holmgren shy uh alexander can you go get scoot or brandon miller like you trade both those first round tracks Woo, hold up call me a gm but that would that would look nice and they, they got they already got giddy too like they're they're, Josh, they're playing, but, yeah you know what I just said? Like, he would be a great number three. Oklahoma City Thunder have all the real estate in the world in the uh, NBA drafts coming up. So that's a team to look at. Absolutely. That I mean, some of the best management moves I've ever seen, honestly, in the NBA um, have come from the Thunder over the past few years. Yes, and I, I, they always do draft well. They can all stay together. I think that'll be awesome. Other big names you want to shout out. I've seen some mock drafts where Jet Howard, uh, Juan Howard's son from Michigan, he might go to the Heat. I'm like, oh, there you go. Uh, I mean, that'd be a like father, like son. That'd be cool. <laughs> that'd be kind of cool. And he might, he might get some minutes there. I mean, he'll be part of the Miami culture. Like, I know he'll definitely get minutes on that team. And then, you know, Chris Murray, Keegan Murray's uh, twin brother, he's entered the draft. I've seen him potentially going like 15th to 16th, maybe even up to the Trailblazers pick. Um, so, like, that'll be a nice addition. I know those are some of the big names. I'm kind of excited because the more March Madness I watch, the more players I know, the more excited I am to see them in an NBA uniform. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. And, I mean, you're seeing some of the other – uh, some of these other college athletes stick around a little bit more than one year too, which has been really, really cool. Um, especially if they don't necessarily win in a tournament, they come back. It's like their revenge year. I, I love the storylines. So yeah, it's been really cool seeing all of them, but um, no, the the top five is really, really interesting to me. 
Um, after that, it drops off a little bit. But, I mean, obviously there's always a diamond in the rough somewhere. So we'll see what big team lands one. You know, I just it's funny because we see a lot of these teams. I mean, it's your same teams. It's, uh, you know, not so much the Trailblazers, but it's like the Pistons. It's the Magic. It's the Thunder always getting those top 10 draft picks. And will it actually prevail? I mean, it's about to be due here for the Pistons. So they got Cade Cunningham. What's he been up to lately? I haven't heard much from him. You know what I'm saying? He's been great when he plays, but again, injuries. And you, I know. No, I, the big problem that we've seen in recent years is that all these big names come out and they're great when they play, but they half of them miss a quarter, half a season. It's been, and you just aren't going to. That's why you have load season. management, which sucks, but you obviously want them to play during the playoffs. You know, LeBron, I think, sat out for three seconds at the end of the half just to get a summer. Yeah, rest right. Yeah. Or the other day. So, I mean, I get it. And I get it. It is a taxing game. I understand that it is very, very difficult. But the, the science we have and the way you can, like, nutrition yourself and to actually push your body to the limits is crazy out there. But at the same time, Yank, it's millions and millions of dollars, right? If you, you blow your knee. And I, I can tell you I was doing it for free. I would do it for millions. I, <laughs> I'd pay to do it. Shoot. I go, I would, shoot. I play golf. <laughs> um, pay to play. Now we don't get paid. Um, but back to it. The lottery will be fun. I mean, the NBA draft will have a bigger NBA draft breakdown, mock draft of what we think is going to happen and all go down. Uh, and then we'll be talking about a whole much more, but anything else about the conference finals or the NBA lottery? Uh, no, I honestly, um, I mean, I will give you this. I do wish that we had just closed it out because any type of life, it makes you a little nervous, but one coming back from Oh three, come on. First time in NBA history. You don't want to see me on the podcast. I swear, if we come back to this podcast a week from now and we are still talking about this series. Yeah, you better watch out. Um, well, first off, Mr. Zizzy, I think we have to finally declare that we are a Scoot Henderson podcast. We both had immaculate vibes about him. Are we a Scoot Henderson podcast? Well, I'm all about Scoot. I'm all Scoot about Scoot. Just dropped. I think... We are now maybe the second biggest. Let's go. Hey, Scoot, go shoot. Put it on a T-shirt. Scoot Henderson, wherever he goes, the podcast will support Scoot Henderson. I wish we would have had that for Chet, but this year I get to see what – or next year I get to see what Chet gets to do. Uh, So that will be our player that we follow uh, this next year. Wow, boom, news dropped. Oh, I'm ecstatic right now. Because now all of a sudden you're over here like, Scoot – Scoot the shoe, like Chet's the bet. Oh man, let's go, man. Let's go. Uh no, absolutely great. So now uh besides our teams and me repping the big baller brand, wherever Scoot goes, we go. Um, and all be all. It's been a great time. Uh I don't wish you the best because I want the seas to go win in seven. Yank. Just I'm gonna I'm gonna sit down quietly because I got that faith. Just survive in advance, survive in advance, baby. The East runs through Miami. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. If you're talking sports, this is the matchup. Mickey here with Zizzy. Yeah, we're cutting it up. Just a couple of athletic enthusiasts. You know what it is. The Mickey Zizzy podcast. Have a great night, everybody. Peace. Peace.